Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thanks for having me. You are very welcome. Very welcome. You know, I say this every week, but I think a, a historic podcast this week. Probably historic. the most, well, definitely, certainly historic, but also uh, important, right? You would say yeah. important. The, what important. we're doing right here, right now, is important. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the first word that came to mind was important, yeah. significant. Um, That's right. You'll see. People will see. This is this is not your ordinary podcast, which is I, I don't know what that means. But <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to all the excitement, I know people are just just on the on the edge uh, waiting for this. Um, we have to do a Tommy Fam update. That's where That's we have right. to start. We have to start with our Tommy Fam update. Have to get some Tommy Fan update music, uh, but we don't have any yet. So I'm, if I'm, anyone out there wants to submit a Tommy Fam update <laughs> theme, song, theme song, I we would love to do it. It's okay. So today let's just let's just get a couple of things straight because I have a suggestion for you that I think you and I should vote on. Okay. And as with all podcast, uh, with all meaningless podcast related. Uh, suggestions it will be a either unanimous vote of two two to zero or or we don't do it right we only we do, do things it. if they're unanimous right. that's we, that's we kind we of our deal do that. exactly yeah <laughs> so okay so today's wednesday september 6th 2017 there's about 25 games left in the season give or take right so the 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 first question i have for you and we need to vote on this okay is i have an idea for what we should call ourselves as it relates to our fandom of uh, St. Louis Cardinal Tommy Pham and his quest for a 300, 400, 500 line. Do you want to, do you, can I give you my suggestion of what we call I, ourselves? I would like to know what we should call ourselves. Yes. I, <laughs> I believe we should call ourselves fans. So it's the word fan. It's fans of fam, but it's we call ourselves fams. It's P H A M N S. Okay, so the M comes first. The M comes first because that's his name, right? So it's it's fans, fans of fam or fams. Fams. Yeah, it's like limn, you know, L I M N, the uh, that term, the mathematical term, or whatever it is. I don't even know what it is, but anyway, that's what we are. That's what you and I are. I'm suggesting. I'm positing. That's what you and I should call ourselves. We should call ourselves fans. And yeah, so let's vote on that. I vote yes. How do you vote? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay, great. We, okay. We are now the fam. <laughs> the motion is carried. You and I are officially fans. For, for another uh, three weeks. That's it. Another three that's right. Weeks. Well, it depends. Now, see, I think, uh, okay, this was the second issue. The second issue is, and we became fans way late in the season, only when we were we happened to be looking at players who were 300, 400, 500, or had a chance to be, and Tommy Pham was incredibly close to that. So this became the quest. In case, in case for whatever reason, some of you out there are listening to this podcast for the first time, which is entirely unlikely. That's what happened. We we were looking for players who were going to have a what what is a sort of classic split of a 300 batting average, 400 on base percentage, and 500 slugging percentage. And at the time we were checking, Tommy Pham of the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, out of nowhere, basically, this guy was a, a 226 hitter last year. Suddenly, he's had this incredible year, and he's at, currently. Here's the update. If you really want the update, he's at we 311. He's yeah, he's at 311, He's doing it right now. If the season ended today, Joe, the fans would celebrate 
Tommy Pham having a 300, 400, 500 line, right? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so basically, I believe that – and we, came, we stumbled on this late, but I believe what we should do next year in our baseball preview is each pick a guy – that we think has a chance, and then we'll track him for the entire year. Oh. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah, so you, and, you yeah. kind of carry this thing. Rather, what you're saying is, rather than just entirely making this up in the middle of the season for no apparent <laughs> reason, right. you're saying we should turn this into a thing where we actually That's have right. it over the whole year. That's what I'm suggesting. I, and I, I would say I and wanna, I don't want to do it separately though. I mean I feel like we should we should have one Oh we should have one guy. Oh one great podcast point. Of follower. Yes. Of course we should. And and we should refer to our rooting for that guy as Famnadum. <laughs> right? We should to, in, to solidify Tommy Fam's status as the first guy that we yes. tracked. Yes. It should be called the Famdom Corner or Fam-dum something. And, corner. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> By the way, what, what I'm most excited for is is when we forget all of this ever happened and completely blow it next year and and do and don't do this. That's what I'm most excited for is uh, is how 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 fleeting this entire enterprise truly is. There is re- at least I wouldn't say fifty fifty, but a reasonable chance we're going to forget the Tommy Fam update for the rest of the year. Like this will be the last one. <laughs> no, come on, listen, Famnas. Uh, are are forever, and this, this the, the, we're not going to forget about Tommy Fan's no, quest. No, we're not. But I, but boy, I love the idea that we would, though. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. I want to say this. I, I, he's doing it, Tommy Fam, and 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 you know our 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 sort of sudden and rather absurd love of Tommy Fam out of nowhere, uh, while strange. This guy, there was no reason to believe he's having an incredible season. Tommy yeah. Pham, I mean, just just an incredible year. And and I got to say, right now, I mean, maybe it's just because I am a fam. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to do it. I, I do too, man. Do I, really I think do. he's going to do it. I have another uh, another thing, which is he is only, according to Baseball Reference, he's point two war away from being a five-war player. Those five-war players are rare. rare. Those guys don't, they don't grow on trees. Tommy Pham, after, by the way, last year he was a below, he was a negative war player. Yeah, he he's been a, a negative, war, yeah, he's yeah. been a negative war player two out of the three previous years of his life. And uh, he's now 29, and he's only in his fourth season, and he has a chance to be a five-war player that's a huge accomplishment. I think he's gonna. He's definitely gonna do that unless he gets hurt. And by the way, he did have to leave uh, the game uh, yet today or yesterday. I can't remember. He had to leave the game uh, with a sore shoulder. So you know, hang in there, bud. We're yeah, rooting for you. We are um, because we're fans. Because we're huge fans of him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it's really incredible. He is going to end the year being one of the better hitters in the National League. It's it's really amazing. I mean, it really is. All right. Uh, there are like three things we have to get to before we get to our historic part of, of, of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> the first thing is, and I wasn't going to necessarily bring this up, but since you, you brought up Tommy Pham getting hurt, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but as a new Cleveland Browns fan, uh, Miles Garrett apparently got hurt on the first day of practice. That's right. Yes. Well, not not the first day of practice. The first day of prep for the game prep on Sunday. Game. Yeah, well, real practice. Like once the preseason's over, the first day of like the regular season practice, the first regular season practice, right. uh, he got hurt. And and I, I don't say that like there's no there's nothing to comment on other than 
welcome aboard. We we want we 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 welcome you as a Browns fan by by having Miles Garrett get hurt literally on the first practice. I'm not gonna lie, I felt um like it it was my initiation ceremony. <laughs> like reading going to ESPN or wherever I went and seeing the headline Garrett or you know hurt. I think I was actually on Twitter and I saw Miles Garrett trending. And I had a thought that I assume as a new Browns fan, I will have 7,000 times over the next year, which is, oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> there, was, there was no chance that was like had seven sacks in practice and is no. Great. Like, no. And there further wasn't any. Ch- I, it was it was either like he failed a drug test or it was some piece of bad news. Bad news. And yeah. And when I saw that it was an ankle injury and now he's questionable for the game and the Browns are saying he yeah, there's somewhat some source in the Browns was saying it is likely that he misses games. I, I was like, well, here we go. This is what happens. And and every because everything up to that point, by the way, with Miles Garrett that I had read, because I am now doing read I'm reading things about the Browns. Yes, I'm reading things about the Browns. I'm taking my, my fandom dumb seriously of the Browns. And they there was like a lot of there was a lot of positive chatter coming out of that organization, specifically about Garrett, but about about the team in general, but specifically about Garrett. There was a quote from someone today, an unnamed source saying, we did not whiff on that pick. Boy, like this guy's the real deal. And, you know, he plays a position that is a, is a foundational position for any football team. It's like yes. you've got to have that guy. You need your defensive end. You need your pass rushing defensive end. You need your run stopper. You need your middle linebacker. You need your shutdown corner. They seem to have found that guy. And then who knows how, about their other, you know, Jabril Peppers, the other guys they drafted. And I was thinking, like, you know, there is a weird scenario in which in my first year of Brown's fam- fandom, they go like eight and eight. Like they have a, they completely surprise everybody. They're in the playoff hunt into December in a wild, in, you know, like in a wild card hunt or something. And then I saw Miles Garrett go <laughs> missing time with an ankle injury. And I was like, well, right, this is what it is yeah, to be no, a Browns that's, fan. That's what it is. That's it. I mean, you, the, the, the other, the fact you even had the other thoughts tells you that you're new. You're new at this. And <laughs> it's, you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it. There, it it's really true. Now, the, not really on the offensive side, but on the defensive side, uh, lots and lots of positive feedback, positive news. I mean, they they hired Greg Williams, who's he's a lunatic, but he's like a successful defensive coordinator lunatic. And 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 there was there's lots of talk about mixing up a lot of different blitzes and doing all sorts of fun things. And now suddenly they've got young guys and they know what they're doing and lots of positive. Fee- and then just the first day of practice, just down, down. The yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's right. The that's the Browns. All right. Second question. <laughs> There you go. There's your Browns update for the week. Second, <laughs> we should also, by the way, pick, even though this is mostly a baseball podcast, it would be nice to have a Cleveland Browns update theme song. If anyone wants to write a jingle for that too, <laughs> that, we should have a jingle. Basically, we should have music for every segment, well, right? The best part of this show is the music. Let's not kid anybody. So, so at this point, yeah, I mean, any anybody who wants to give us music for any. Part that would that would like stop us from talking that would be positive I think sure be it should fun. also be noted that though that like um that we change all of the segments of the podcast pretty much every week <laughs> so it, it, you have to know going in that if you write a piece of music for a segment that there's a 70 percent chance we'll never do that segment <laughs> you, again you really should do like several segments in one song just in case you know, just yeah. give, give us a chance to like, you know, or write some generic music that could be played for any occasion. And then we'll just keep using that as the jingle for whatever, for whatever stupid thing yeah. we come up with. Yeah. 
this is the second stupid thing, and this could be a segment, but but I think it's only specific to this week right now because I don't have a follow up on it. But uh, listener Kristen wants your feedback. Uh, I guess there was a story uh, in this week's Bon Appetit magazine, Bon Appetit. Sure. Uh, where they are talking about how the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich has miso in it. <laughs> Put miso in your nut butter and never look back. That's the headline. Never look back. Kristen says, and I, I totally agree with her. We need a ruling on this. We need a Michael Shore ruling on Come on. This. You know what the ruling on this is. <laughs> you don't you don't actually this is the thing, like if you were if this were the West Wing and you were Leo McGarry and I were the president, <laughs> this would be the kind of thing that you would say, I'm not putting that on his desk. I don't even need to put it on his desk. You're yeah, right. don't You're I, right. I don't need right. I don't need this on the president's desk right now. Like they you come on. <laughs> there's there's no miso isn't even the best thing to be in soup. Like there's no like come on. I mean, it's basically just, it's just salt. Like, it's what are you salt. talking about? I, no, no, no. Hey, I've never done it, Don. I'm not taking the hit on this. This was this. I'm, was no, I'm, t- I'm talking to Bon Appetit magazine. <laughs> well, I, well <laughs> I, I, I really like your, the, this point. In fact, if we were going to do a segment, it would be like things that we really shouldn't even need to ask, but will anyway. I mean, that's sort of what this, because obviously... We know yeah. where you stand on the question, questions that don't need to be answered. Questions <laughs> don't need to be answered. But but I think I think Kristen wanted to hear you take your shots at, at Bon Appetit magazine. And let me just say this: I'll say this. Whatever the like, uh, the, the, I'm sure Bon Appetit is a fine fine publication. Sure. I don't have any problem with Bon Appetit magazine qua Bon Appetit magazine. <laughs> However, there is no like a version of Bon Appetit magazine that gets to weigh in on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You know what I mean? They're they're not, they have nothing to do with each other. There's no, the the point of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is, is exactly that it is not the kind of food that needs to be commented on by Bon Appetit magazine. If you're talking about duck all orange or whatever, fine. You get to weigh in, Bon Appetit, but like to stay away from my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> this is a kind of weird, like uh, populist argument I'm making, but I, but I, I do feel like the we are the the peanut butter and jelly sandwich as a concept needs to be protected from the uh, elites, from the magazine elites. <laughs> they just just stay out. I totally agree. Actually, I I kind of get a little bit offended when almost any kind of sort of just basic delicious food starts getting messed with too much. I mean, we talked about this with burgers. When somebody asked the question, what was, what, what's like, you know, something that's better when it's like inexpensive than it is when it's the expensive version of it. We talked sure. about burgers and barbecue. It's like just, you know, there's enough fancy food for Bon Appetit and, and it's ilk to, to mess with. Just leave the, we know what we like with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We know. We don't, we don't need anything. Um, let me ask you a question as long as we're talking about things that have nothing to do with anything. I tweeted recently, and I believe this is true. I, I, I believe that, um, I'm going to try to rephrase my tweet to make it clear when spoken. Yes. I believe that peanut M&Ms are the best M&Ms. So yes. start there. Which I agree. I believe that the difference, that, that they are the same amount of better than regular M&Ms. Yes. That regular M&Ms are than like dirt. In other words, the difference between eating a regular M&M and a clump of dirt is the same like chunk of difference as it is between a peanut M&M and a regular M&M. Yes. Now, uh, as you will recall, um, 
I, I agree with you, first of all. I, I, I think that there is a vast, vast gap between the peanut M&M and, and the regular M&M. They're not even, again, call, they're, they're called the same. They're trying to be too similar. Uh, they're not similar. They're not at all. No, I don't, I don't no, care they're what not. Anybody says no. One, the one is one is delicious, and the other is just bleh. So <laughs> I, I, I agree with you there. But however, you might recall, I responded uh, by saying, and uh, in as a follow up, that it's also as much better. Peanut butter, peanut M and M's are as much better than regular M and M's than a clump of dirt is than Butterfingers. That's how I. Right. Oh, that's right. You did. You did lay down that little bit of uh, I, I legally did. actionable heresy. Yeah. A little bit of Butterfingers shot, uh, which you came back to me by muting me. You said you were muted. Right. right. I just announced um, that you were muted. Which, which was great, <laughs> but not as good as Butterfingers blocking me. Right after yeah. you did that, Butterfingers, which. I, by the way, when did these inanimate objects just start getting Twitter accounts? It's creepy, isn't it? When I tweeted that thing, the M&M's Twitter handle said, hey, it was like, Dear Ken, because my <laughs> handle is Ken Dramatis. It was like, Dear Ken, why can't we all be delicious or something? And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't talking to you. I wasn't looking for a weird disembodied corporate like Twitter handle to weigh in on this conversation I was having with no one. It was very creepy. It was. I was actually very pleased by the getting blocked by Butterfingers. I, I actually yes, that that, was really that that was nice. I like that they blocked you. I have much respect for the disembodied corporate Twitter handle uh, run by the twenty-four-year-old Butterfinger intern. I, I thought that was a pretty bold move that they blocked you. But I, I would also say that there's a, there's a sort of second level to this, which is, and at some point, I don't have we done this before. I can't, I don't remember what we've done. That we've done seven and a half thousand of these podcasts right, and I right, and exactly. and everything we talk about is so stupid that I, I don't remember which stupid things we've talked about and which we haven't so I apologize but if we done an official ranking of M&M flavors because we should have done that by now we have I don't know if there's enough there's there's not enough to do a full draft right, I don't right. think but but at some point maybe next time we should do an official definitive no argument anymore ranking of the M&M flavors. Well, for Halloween, I think we absolutely should do that. Oh, great idea. Great idea, yes. All right, I, I got to get the, to the main topic here, but I do want to mention one thing since we were talking about Twitter. This person so deserves this, I'm absolutely going to give him Mark. So uh, our good friend Emma Spann, who's, who's just, a, just a delight. Uh, she works for Sports Illustrated now, uh, but used to work for... Sports on Earth, and I worked with her there, and 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 she she found a little Twitter thing, and I'm now trying to find, of course, the the actual uh, here it is. So uh, so she found a, a Twitter a Twitter thing where there was an announcement that uh, the hooded plover was named the shorebird of the year by World's Shorebird something or other. Okay? Of course, we all followed that story. That was that made that made huge waves. <laughs> so she responded by saying in a very funny tweet. <clears throat> Terrible decision by the voters. The Upland Sandpiper had a much higher war, which I thought was Great. very funny. That's a very funny tweet. Um, sure. So then I responded to that tweet um, by saying, uh, yeah, sure, by baseball reference war, but the spotted red shank had a higher fan graphs war and has made more five-star stat cast plays. So <laughs> just... <laughs> A little fun with the shorebirds, you know, which is all, it's all, it's all good until somebody gets hurt, right? And, and 
I got this response from the American Birding Association. Okay, great. There it is, and and I've I have said this. I am on the record. This is the best tweet I've ever gotten from anybody ever. The best okay. tweet. He wrote, and I quote: He or she? I, I shouldn't say he. Right. Typical sports writer sabermetrics nonsense. Everyone knows the long-billed curlew just looks like a shorebird is supposed to look. Wow. I think that's I, that hits so many buttons. I, that is the greatest tweet I've ever gotten. That's really wonderful. That is a that is a there. Okay, if you make a Venn diagram of people who are working for the American Shorebird, whatever it is, Institute of whatever, and the number of people who are intimately acquainted with the sort of like deep details of the kind of money ball sabermetric information revolution in baseball they overlap with one person (laughs) and that's the person who wrote that there's exactly one person who (laughs) who knew how to craft that email to you to hit all of the sabermetric buttons about like looking like a ball player is supposed to look and billy bean and all that sort of stuff and also happened to be working for that birding institute. And I want to meet that guy or woman. Can that man or woman please identify him or herself to us? Because I would love, we would love to like congratulate you in person. We want to have you on the podcast. Okay. We want to have you yeah, on. That's, that's great. Uh, open invi- standing invitation to that man or woman to come on the, be, a, be our guest on the call in, be our guest on the podcast. And we can interview you about the Venn diagram overlap of Extreme shorebird birding knowledge and extreme moneyball sabermetric knowledge. So happy, makes me so happy. All right, let's get to it, and then and because we 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 were way behind. Um, Your Red Sox had had a had a I call it a quirky week. Quirky. I'm going to use the word quirky. (laughs) Sure. I'm going to start off with one other thing that that's you know obviously we're going to get to the to the big thing which is the. The Apple Watch fiasco. I, I don't even know how else to describe it. But earlier in the week, and this is not the the Red Sox fault uh, at all. Uh, this has nothing really to do specifically with the Red Sox. But earlier in the week, in the in one of the Boston papers, um, I guess the Globe. I guess it was the Globe. They had a story, and the headline of the story was Giancarlo Stanton is just what the Red Sox need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, and then that was, and the story followed the headline. It was basically, hey, he'd be great for the Red Sox, you know. And and I read that headline, and I think about our, you know, eight nine thousand podcasts that we've done, and mm-hmm. we we both so we 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 share this this true this true animosity for the Yankees, uh, and I've always been able to sort of justify that the Red Sox are different from the Yankees, and the, and then I saw that, and I'm like, ugh. Uh, no, no, <laughs> yuck, just yuck. And then two days later, the Apple Watch thing happened. So I got to ask you, as a Red Sox fan, how has this week been? How is how's this week been for you? Okay, the first thing is um, you just can't, there's no substitute for that kind of hard-hitting journalism, right? <laughs> there's like that kind of like dig in. Like that's was I wonder if that was the spotlight crew. Do you think that was the spotlight crew who broke the story over there at the Globe? <laughs> I think that editor <laughs> pulled him in, pulled him in, and said, "Look, are we are we getting this or not?" They they it was a team of eighteen reporters working around the clock for two years, and they broke the story that Giancarlo Stanton and his fifty three home runs <laughs> would have helped the Red Sox. Uh, yeah, that was ridiculous. That was silly. 
there is no team literally on earth uh, in any sport that would not sport, benefit any in sport. any sport. Yeah, I he if if Giancarlo Stanton suited up for the for the uh, for the Broncos oh, on yeah. Sunday, I think he would make a significant contribution <laughs> to their victory. Um, yes, that was crazy. Although it does bring up a, a, a one issue, which is. With the ownership change, the pending ownership change in Miami, doesn't it feel to you like Stanton is going to be there for the it, it whole does. contract? It really does. And I keep hearing the, well, you know, what about Jeter? I don't think Jeter's going to have a lot of say in that matter, right? I mean, Jeter's obviously working for that organization and is sort of in the group or whatever. But I don't think, because it's going to come down to money. I mean, he's got $300 million left on the deal, right? So I yeah. hope... I hope well, I, I, I go back and forth. Obviously, I hope he stays there for those for those fans because, I mean, that team needs everything it can get as it tries to sort of build its community. On the other hand, he's – I mean, what a swamp for him to be in. I mean, not I don't mean Miami. I mean that, that team. I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, nobody goes. And, and it's, you know, this is this – is, you know, we'll, we'll discuss him at length in a few minutes. Um, but this is uh, – a guy that if he was playing for Boston or New York or L.A. or or Chicago or someplace else, I mean, you know, he'd be one of the biggest stars in sports. And and right now he's not. So so I go back and forth on it. But I think you're right. I mean, I, I just don't know what that ownership is going to do yet. I mean, they, when you put that much money down on a team, um, you probably have some pretty strong opinions about what you want to do with that team, right? Well, we're just in this crazy time where, like, the answer isn't trade Giancarlo Stanton. The answer is increase your payroll, right? Yeah. Like, because the, the, it's the the adage is 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 true, which is any team that has such a high percentage of its payroll tied up in one person, no matter who it is, that team's going to have problems. That's the problem that you see in football all the time, right. which is a more harshly salary capped sport. When you have a quarterback, now Matt Stafford, the highest paid player in football, like the Lions are in trouble now because they have a quarterback who's with this outrageous cap hit every year. And it makes it really hard to get a 53 man roster of talented players. You don't have that same problem in other places, for example, just as one I can think of off the top of my head with New England, right. in part because Brady takes these below market deals. Now, granted, not everybody is uh, can do that. Tom Brady, in part, can do that because his wife makes more money than he does. <laughs> and he's been in the league for 17 years and he has everything and, that he could yeah, ever he want in the world. And, the field too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. And and by the way, I don't think the answer should ever be for any of these guys take less money. No, I, no, I think never. they should all, especially in football, but in baseball too, the answer should always be make the most money you can make. This is of your career and your livelihood and you have a job where your you know, career is over when you're 37, if you're lucky. And so... Yeah, like max it out. But the the answer is not, in my mind, to get rid of all of the guys that who make a lot of money. The answer is to pay your all your team more money and to be smarter about the way you draft. That all of that aside, the, the it bums me out to think of Stanton someplace other than Miami. He seems to fit there. Yeah. He seems he's the only thing. And now that in the sad aftermath of Jose Fernandez, he's the only thing that really makes that team must watch at all he's the guy there and if he could stay there he'd be the guy there forever and it bums me out to think of him going to who knows where new york or to the dodgers or to you know to to the astros or something crazy like it bums me out further to think about miami which doesn't want to pay him 30 million dollars a year paying some other team 
eight million dollars a year or ten million dollars a year not to have him like it's also a bummer so yeah that stinks um but anyway kudos to the spotlight team at the boston globe uh for breaking that story that was big as far as the apple watch thing goes uh i i literally don't care i could not care less i think if they violated the if there's a rule about electronic communication they violated the rule fine punish them do whatever you want i don't care i don't stealing signs is legal in baseball every single team steals signs very famously the shot heard around the world in 1951 was off a stolen sign we all know every team does this and i i i have no information at all i really don't but i'm going to right now guess all we don't know anything at this point other than the proven charges that we know that the charges are, are, are part, at least partly true about the red sox and this apple watch that has been proven and admitted to by the red sox we have no information the red sox made a, a counterclaim against the yankees that there was some kind of shenanigans going on with a well, yes camera that was trained yeah, yeah yeah so uh, the this is the only thing i'll say based on the reactions of dave dombrowski of a couple other gms whatever this feels like a huge mistake on the Yankees' part to do this. This feels like a massive can of worms. And it seems like what if you read between the lines of all of, of, of the statements made by the players and the GMs and all these guys, if you read between the lines, the sense I get is this stuff happens all the time. And what the way it goes down is the GMs talk to each other or the owners talk to each other or they quietly go to someone who quietly goes to someone who quietly goes to someone and they basically say, knock it off. And then they knock it off and they figure out a different way to steal the signs. And to make this into like a federal issue in exactly the same way that the Colts made it a federal issue in Deflategate, which is take this thing that's a kind of like under the table shenanigan that goes on all over the place in various ways and to blow it up and make it a league matter and to act like... I have never in all my life been as uh, offended and shocked and horrified at the the indignity and the and the it's about competitive balance and John Heyman went on WEEI I think today and said that the Red Sox should be vacating their wins against the Yankees this year. I mean this it's happening it's literally like it's happening again. It's just all happening again. And I, my guess is, I have no information to back this up. I could be totally wrong. My guess is this was a big mistake and that the can of worms that's been opened now in terms of like people, it's, you're either never going to, they're going to find the Red Sox a thousand dollars and you'll never hear about this again. Or there's going to be like, oh yeah, buddy. Well, how about this? And then someone else is going to go and how about this? And remember when you did this and we're going to start having to hear about this nonsense that goes on all over the league from every team and it's going to get out of control and it's going to be really annoying. And like, I, I don't know. I could be totally wrong, but I really feel like this stuff has been going on all the time. The teams figure it out. They do some back channel, like, Hey, knock it off kind of stuff. And then it goes away and to make and to turn just uh, what I'm saying, honestly, is please don't turn baseball into football, please. I am begging you do not turn Rob Manfred into Roger Goodell with this stuff. It's going to I'm going to lose my mind. I'm barely hanging on as are many sports fans right now. I am barely hanging on with this stuff. And if and if, the, if baseball becomes football with the way they deal with these problems, it's going to I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Well, I, I I gotta say, I'm I'm on the same page here. I think it's hilarious. I think it's absolutely hilarious. I don't, you know, it's there's there's been a few things that have bothered me along these lines all year. Um, 
when when uh, the umpire got uh, suspended for three games because he kind of oh, took that shot at, uh, at Bale. Joe at, West. Right. Yeah, Country Joe West. He, just, he, just, he was making a joke he about Adrian Beltran. making a joke about Adrian Beltran. Got th- like, when did we become like like so sensitive about baseball? It's like umpires and managers yelling and screaming and kicking dirt. And this that's that's like a part of the game. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like this. You know, st- people have been stealing signs and and getting mad about it since the dawn of the game. I mean, yes. I, you know, look, the Apple Watch thing is what makes it funny. That to me is what makes it. Funny, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, we found out a new way to like get to you what the sign is. You know, and by the way, no question in my mind, it didn't help them. No, question of course of not. Like, of course it did it. And like that again. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not being a homer here. If they bro- if there's a rule against yeah, electronic no, no, no. communication, Punch you have slap them on Punch the wrist. Do whatever. Right. But like me, the funniest reaction to this, which was by the way, and kudos to her, Mina Kimes of ESPN, yes. had an instant had the instant reaction, an instant tweet that is the definitive word on the subject, which is, "Oh look, somebody finally found a use for the Apple Watch." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like that is that is exactly the amount of seriousness with which we should take this. And before anyone, again, I know I'm going to get accused of being a homer about this stuff. I don't really care. But if this story were about the Yankees doing this to the Red Sox, first of all, again, I assume they are doing it. I assume that the, all of these teams are doing all of this stuff to all of do each other all the time. I would not care. I absolutely would not care if you told me that the Yankees were stealing signs from the Red Sox, which they have been doing forever and ever and ever, and they were using an Apple Watch to relay the information. Like, what are you even, what are we talking about? How is this? It's, it, it, the echoes of Deflate Gate are so hilarious because it's the, at the bottom of all of this is how was this helping you? Like, how, to what, the, you know, and, and it'll be very interesting to see what, ultimately what baseball does because in the Cardinals Astros fiasco of computer fraud that was an actual federal crime like like it's it's kind of a silly federal crime as far as federal crimes go but it was a federal crime and the and the slap you would describe their punishments as pretty much a slap on the wrist I think right like it it wasn't it's more than this thing it was more than that yeah, yeah. yeah yeah yes but this does not come close to the concept of a federal crime and it's going to be very like to have john Heyman talking about oh they should vacate wins i mean my goodness gracious everyone needs to relax about this and i would say that no matter who the team was and no matter what the actual scenario was this is stealing signs this is baseball back to 1876 and, and everyone just needs to chill that's hilarious. I want to think of who the tech geek was that's like, hey, we could do this by Apple Watch. I just think that would be like, you know, just, hey, I think we could do this. It'll buzz you. And it's hilarious. All right. We are way, way behind starting our historic part of our podcast. But, but, but before we get to the historic part of this podcast, uh, we have to do first our read of the week. Oh, this and is very exciting. I'm. This is my maiden voyage. I'm getting to do a voyage. read. Yes. Here we go. Okay, now here's what I would like to have happen. I'm going to do this read. It's been written out for me by TJ, our producer. I'm going to do the read, and then you are going to grade me. Give me an instant feedback grade. Yes. On for on a scale of one. No, give, no grade me on the 2080 scale. <laughs> the 2080 <laughs> scale that scouts use to rate baseball players. Okay. And you're going to do it in three categories. Okay. You're yeah. going to do. Yeah. You're going to do accuracy. Accuracy. You're you're going to do uh, confidence. 
Ooh, I like it. Confidence. And then you're and then you're gonna do uh, voice uh, delivery is what I was gonna say. Delivery, yeah, effectiveness. Okay, perfect. Effect, yeah. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Very nervous about this. Here we go. Joe, before we move on, we want to take a second to tell you about the Statcast podcast, a show dedicated to the analytics that drive front office decisions in the modern game. It's hosted by Mike Petriello and Matt Myers, and last week they broke down all the excitement from a surprisingly busy August 31st trade deadline, including Justin Verlander's move to Houston and the Angels deals for Justin Upton and Brandon Phillips. If you want to hear about all that and more, you can download the show from Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts by searching for StatCat. Oh, shoot, I blew it. I was doing so well. I was doing really well, wasn't I? You were super well, super well. All right, I'm going to back up and I'm going to do the last sentence again. But this is definitely going to affect my grades. <laughs> Here we go. If you want to hear all... Oh, no, now I'm in my head. <laughs> Here we go. If you want to hear about all that and more, you can download the show from Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts by searching for StatCast Podcast or by going to www.statcastpodcast.com. And now, on with the show. <laughs> well, well, you were on like a 60 pace for accuracy. Until, I know. Until that end. I mean, you know. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you want to if you want to trip me, if you want to trip up someone doing their first ever read, name your podcast the Statcast <laughs> podcast. That's impossible to say. It really is. TJ gives you a 65 uh, and says, good power, but you lacked top end speed, which I think is That's fair. fair. That's, That's fair. That's totally fair. That's fair. I, I'm, I, don't want to, I don't want this to come off wrong, um, but I sensed a little lack of um, commitment. Commitment. Hmm. We needed more commitment. So you're saying like I'm like the guy where like you the scouts question like how much does he love the game right that's the kind of like you know, you know I think there's something that like if you go to see like uh, like um uh you know like a show with, with like an improv comedy thing and you go mm -hmm. to the stage and they're doing whatever bit they're doing whatever fun improv thing and there's one person in the middle who realizes it's totally bombing and they kind of start backing out of their own character and they're just like. They're not staying with it. They're not staying in character. They're not. Yeah. That's that's how I felt. You're talking about James Franco, the year he hosted the Oscars, right? <laughs> I am exactly talking about James Franco at the Oscars. Whereas, like, this isn't going well. I'm going to kind of phone it in. And so people don't think people like think I'm cool. <laughs> and he left poor what's her name she, Anne Hathaway Anne, yes Anne Hathaway just left her hey it was awful I you know what's funny I mean this should not be a topic at all I've never liked him since I've never liked him since I felt I felt look it was a it was bombing I'm not going to say it wasn't bombing but you don't leave your your like co-host just hanging like that it was awful can't do it you can't, can't do it, man. Do it. You, it's, uh, it was uncool. It was an uncool we move on his part, I believe. We would never do that at the We would never <laughs> leave each other hanging like that. I mean, we're leaving each other hanging all the time all just the by time, doing but this. Not, just, but, literally just by engaging in this pointless but exercise. It's, but it's not lack of commitment. It's just, it's just where this is a pointless exercise. All right. That's we, fair. We, and we, we are going to go on with the show because this really is historic. I'm very excited about this. Um... We're having a very, very special draft this week. What we are doing is we are drafting um, baseball's funnest players. Baseball, and that's it. That's they're, they're the funnest players. But here's the cool twist. 
Uh, we're drafting 16 of these. They will become a bracket over on MLB.com, and you, and I mean all six of you that are listening, will get to vote. You get to vote on baseball's funnest players, and in like a week or so, we're gonna we're gonna have you know game by game, uh, you know matchup per matchup, 16 versus one, 15 versus two, all the way through uh, until we get a final four, and until we get a champion uh, for the podcast baseball's funnest player I, it, fun this is a great idea right i i came up with it myself. it's key yes it's a wonderful idea that you had i'm very excited to do this it should be uh we should just clarify yes the, the term is funnest, funnest which is probably not a word but the, a word. who cares um but it's not best this is not the best players obviously it's not the best the best players are not always the funnest players that's right i think we all get what we mean by funnest players it's the players that are the most fun to watch the most enjoyable have something about their game or their skill set or their physical appearance that makes them fun yes that's it straight up you could probably we're going to put these into brackets but they could probably be scrambled and rearranged in any number of different ways but just for fun we're going to put them in brackets you have the first pick Who's the number one choice? The number one choice for baseball's funnest player is the aforementioned Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton drives it to right field. That's deep. And it is gone. Number 53, opposite field. He's your number one seed in this draft. And I don't think I need to explain why. Uh, but I, there's, there's two things about Giancarlo Stanton that – are so fun. And so, I mean, obviously, look, he's also, you know, he could win the MVP. I guess he's probably at this point the favorite to win the MVP. So, you know, we're, we are crossing between best and fun. But with him, there are two things that make him, like, I think super fun. One is the extreme power, obviously. Nobody hits the ball with the uh, with the crazy, crazy power that he hits it with. He doesn't just hit home runs. He hits just bombs and they're beautiful he's a beautiful swing you know you don't usually see that with right-handed hitters uh just a gorgeous swing the ball goes a million miles he's so much fun to watch at the plate but the second thing is he's a big strong intimidating guy but yet like there's like a super lovable quality about him you know there's like a teddy bear type quality which is I think pretty rare. I mean, I think you look at the the like the biggest power hitters of of the day, and they're usually pretty intimidating. You know, they're 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 great to watch, but you wouldn't necessarily like want to like you know hang out with them at a at a barbecue or something. Uh, you'd want this guy at your barbecue. He's like just fun. I, he's just a great. I to me, it's a no brainer. He is your number one seed. Uh, it's, it's the only choice, really, right now at this moment at in this time. Moment in time. At this moment in time, it is the only choice. He, uh, no, there's no one, there's no player in the league um, who has the quality in greater spades than he does of making, forcing people to look at the TV when he's yes, on the TV. Right? It's right. like that's which is it's, at some level that's really what this is about. Anytime he comes up, you're excited. If I'm flipping around, if I can't, if uh, the Red Sox game ends or they're not playing. The the Marlins have become my first choice yeah. of a, of the team to watch because you just want to see him hit. You just you feel like you're missing something, and he's now with my nine year old son. He wakes up in the morning and the first thing he does is he's a Dodger fan. So right now he's he's not having a great couple of weeks. But the the first thing he does after checking the Dodger score is, is check to see if Stan had a homer. Yeah, that's the he's the guy. He's the guy right now. Judge was almost that guy. And he fell off, and and Stanton has taken over the mantle of that guy. He's the Maguire, the Sosa, the Bonds, whatever. 
and he's the most fun player in baseball. No question. Number one seed. Number one seed. Um, close behind, my number one seed is the opposite of Giancarlo Stanton, which is Jose Altuve. <laughs> Jose Altuve, we've talked about on this podcast before. It was Jose Altuve was the main reason I tried to get Linda Holmes to like the Astros. Um, there is no... Uh, he he is a uh, he's indescribably fun to watch. He is an, an imp- you get it with Stanton. You look at Stanton and you go, yeah, that guy hits five hundred foot home runs. Of course right, he does. Right. You look at Jose Altuve and you think, where is that poor child's parents? <laughs> <laughs> that child is lost, and I need to get him back to his parents. And then he also hits five hundred foot home yeah. runs. He is Im- he is an impossible person. I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can be so. Uh, good at what he is good at and be the size that he is. He's also, by the way, unbelievably fun to watch run the bases. Yes. He's an incredible base runner. He's an excellent fielder. He hits gap power all over the place. He hits triples. He turns double plays. He hits monstrous home runs. He is the uh, the main engine in the best offense in baseball. And uh, he, after Stanton, he's the guy that I want to watch uh, at bat all the time, so he's the opposite bracket number one seed. Yeah, he's and he's wonderful, just just wonderful. I, the thing, the thing that's so uh, cool about him, you know, in addition to the surprise of seeing somebody that small do do so many things, is is that it, he does everything. He just does everything. There's at any point. The, the thing is with Stanton, you know, and and I thought of this when you were talking about flipping to the Marlins. You flip to the Marlins game. I do this all the time, and I look and see where are they in the Marlins lineup. And if, if like, the fifth guy is coming up, I'm like, all right, I'll check back in a half Who hour, cares? Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. I'll, I'll check back, you know. But Altuve could do it any moment in any game. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, at the field, he makes incredible plays defensively. He gets a single, you don't shut it off because he could steal a base. He could go first to third. He could go first to home. Uh, he's fun to watch run. He's like a, you know, just bouncing energy. So much fun. Oh, I, I love it. I actually think if we get to a one versus one seed, which would be super fun if we do, um, I don't know. I mean, I look, I think Stanton is your clear number one seed, but that's, man, they're both so much Oh, fun. I think, by the way, are we doing four brackets of four or two of eight? We'll I don't do even two, know. We'll do two of eight. I think two, two of eight. Two of eight. I think this whole thing is upset city waiting to happen. <laughs> I, re- I, th- I think that there's going to be a shocking number of upsets because I, I think, again, you could reseed whatever we end up with. I think you'd be able to reseed this entire tournament oh, almost randomly and, and still feel good about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. My number two seed, um, you know, no bad choices. They're all great on the board, but I'm going to go with Adrian Beltre. Here comes his 3-2 pitch. And that ball lifted high and deep in the left field. Young going back. He's turning to look, and it's gone. We have spent many, many hours on this podcast talking about the the wonder of Adrian Beltre. The guy's 38. He's still, he's having like his best offensive year. I mean, it's insane. He can't stay healthy, but as soon as he gets on the field, he's he crushes the ball. He's still a phenomenon defensively. Just an absolute phenomenon defensively. Uh, he's like the most fun guy, you know, he's the guy that's going <clears> to <throat> move the on deck circle, you know, so he can, so he can, uh, really upset a, a an umpire. He's the one that's going <laughs> to <clears throat> get all mad when somebody's touching his head. He's a nut. He's hilarious. Uh, he's an incredible player. He, you know, here's the thing. And I'm, I'm going to say this, this 
hopefully won't happen. I hope he plays another, you know, bunch of years. But let's say he plays another two years. So I would say seven years from now, and I, I, I just want this announced to the entire Baseball Writers Association of America. The person that votes does not vote him into the Hall of Fame. I'm coming to find you. I am. <laughs> I'm coming to find you. Yeah. If, there's, yeah. if there's anything you can say, you know, about Adrian Beltre that he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame, uh, he's, he's the greatest. So that's my number two seed. I love him very much, and I, I've said this before, but I want him to be my friend. That's how I feel about Adrian Belton. I just want to be his friend. I feel like he and I would hang out, and we'd have a great time, and we could just talk about baseball, and we would be friends. That's what, <laughs> that's what I feel about him. Um, I'm going to go. There's a, the number four pick. We, we worked. We, we threw a bunch of guys up on a list, and the number four pick I, I will not make. Uh, the, guy that, the, the guy that you said was number four, I'm not going to choose him, and you'll know why when you choose him. Um, instead, I'm going to choose Javi Baez as my number two seed. Okay, so here's the thing about Javi Baez, who, again, is a person we've talked about a lot. Javi Baez is the first player in history that I can think of who everyone acknowledges is the best tagger of people. That's never – and I think you said this when we talked about the, the tag from the WBC that uh, happened a while ago. No one – before he did that, no one ever said, like, ooh, that guy's a good tagger. Like, no one had ever said that about anyone. And then suddenly everyone was like, oh, my God, wait, look at this compilation of Javi Baez tags. You can watch it on YouTube. He's the best tagger. He's, He's so tagger. good at tagging people. And this year, you know, the Cubs have, have been had a weird year. They were basically a 500 team for months. He's not hitting particularly well. No one on the team is hitting particularly well. I mean, whatever. The, the usual suspects are hitting fine. The pitching's been down. The team's been all over the map. They've had a bunch of injuries. Kyle Schwarber's hitting 037. You know, it's a very weird year. But one of the things that needs to be said about the Cubs, who are now basically in control of the Central, are going to make the playoffs. Addison Russell went down with an injury a while ago, and Javi Baez just slid over to shortstop, yeah. the most difficult position to play, maybe besides catcher, uh, in in the game, and has been amazing at shortstop. It's it's absurd. You're not supposed to be able to leave your position and go to shortstop and be a better fielder than probably the already really good fielder who was there before you were there. It's crazy. Like, his defensive wizardry is going... It's going to be a thing we marvel at for a really long time. And the you add to the fact that, like... But he's a, he's a great hitter. He's a fast runner. He does all those. He does all those other things. But purely for his fielding prowess and specifically his tagging, I find him endlessly enjoyable to watch. He's my number yeah, two seed. Yeah, hey, look, he's he's. This is what we're talking about: the difference between between excellence and fun, right? I mean, this is this is part of it. Look, he's a terrific player, uh, but he's not one of the best players in baseball right now. Uh, but he is right up there in fun, and you know. Let's not understate his his base running. I mean, the guy does crazy stuff on the bases, right? I mean, he like yeah. steals home. He he he, you know, goes first to home on bunts. I mean, he like he does like he you know he's kind of a little bit he he plays that game right on the edge, and sometimes that leads him to do incredibly stupid things. <laughs> um, but then he does the most amazing things, and you're like, well, that's your that's the trade off, right? I mean, that's what you that's what you get. Uh, so fun to watch. Does something every game. He's in a Tuve in a Tuve in a Tuve in, 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 in a smaller way where he does something every game that you just go wow, just 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 go wow. Yep. Even if he goes over four, you know. So yeah, excellent pick. He he, sh- he should not have been your second seed because because you you passed on on the guy who should be, and and I understand. 
what you're doing. But I'm going to have to take him. I'm not thrilled about it. I put him there for you to take. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to take Aaron Judge with the with the. Uh, so he is the third seed in in this bracket. Um, I don't really want to talk about how fun Aaron Judge is uh, because he's a Yankee, but uh, he's really fun. He's gigantic. He's a monster. He hits 8,000-foot home runs. He kind of is smiling. Remember we used to call him like the big friendly giant like early on? I mean, there's <laughs> there's something there's something just kind of fun about him. I don't like the all-rise thing, and I, I never did and, and, and all of that, and I, I thought the, the Yankees kind of a little bit over – did it they were so excited to have an exciting player after after six years of you know a rod that they they just went nuts and and started like building like judges chambers everywhere or whatever um but you can't deny the guy's awesomeness i mean the, the home runs he look he's a good he's turned out to be a good outfielder i mean he's you, watching a a monster like that move in the outfield and make great plays out there he's got a good arm uh He's fun to watch. He really is. And it's, you know, obviously he's had a second half that is not nearly what he was doing in the first half. He's not become, you know, he used to be, he was the first half, I think, the must-watch guy. He's not quite that now, but still awfully good. So my three seed is Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's fine. (laughs) What would Aaron Judge have been seeded if he was a Red Sox? Probably first overall. (laughs) I'll say this. Um, no, he's obviously he's ridiculous. He's amazing. He's yeah. so fun to watch. He's bigger than Gronk, and he is a and he's a right fielder in baseball. It's crazy. Uh, I I will also I will say this though. As as fun as he is to watch, he's undeniably fun to watch. I believe the Yankees blew it with this All Rise thing. I think All Rise is I, lame. I think it's really lame. I think there's a lot of for a guy whose last name is Judge. There's a lot of better things that could be his like signature call. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot of nomenclature involved with judges. Like, I find this pitch guilty <laughs> or something. I don't know. I just made that up. You know, judge, jury, and executioner. There's some. There's there's a lot of like. I feel like they quickly went to all rise and were like, yeah, that's it, all rise. But I, it's kind of lame. I think it's lame. I, I bet there's like four or five better judge related puns that they could have come up with. I so find that, this that, pitch guilty being one of those. How in the world did they not use that? Just, <laughs> everybody's going guilty when he's rounding the bases. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, uh, yeah uh, I, I think they blew it there. But anyway, no, I, I get it. Um, all right, I'm going to go. This is a controversial call. People are going to be angry at this, but I'm going to go with Bryce Harper as my three seed. Now, wow. people are going to be unhappy because Bryce Harper is a controversial figure. A lot of people don't like him. They don't like his hair. They don't like his attitude. They don't like his newfangled ways. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon <laughs> barked at him, and they got into a fight. He's <laughs> he's kind of a jerk. Maybe it's unclear. However, the one thing you cannot argue is that Bryce Harper's a lot of fun to watch. Three two to Harper. Front door breaking ball. See you later. Way up there. I don't know if I've ever seen a farther home run, folks. That ball was absolutely destroyed. He's he's the natural. He's Roy Hobbs at the plate. He uh, he has a, a very good throwing arm. He di- he plays cr- crazily recklessly all the time. He's always diving around the field. He's he plays at a hundred and ten percent max effort constantly all the time. Uh, he's and and his 
at bats are absurd. And when he is in a groove, his swing is perfect. His his like he he's like a robot that was built from youth to entertain baseball fans with his skills. He's he's like a, he's an incredible player. That I still think about that video of him when he was like 15 at Tropicana Field hitting 500 foot home runs into the upper deck in right field. He's so fun. He's so fun to watch. I miss him. I'm sad that he got hurt. I hope he's back and healthy for the playoffs because he's a guy that you want to see in October. That team is really great without him, but with him there, I mean, they could win the World Series. They could easily win the World Series. And and he's a huge reason why. he's. I find him very fun to watch. I don't really care about the. In fact, by the way, you could even make the argument the off-the-field stuff makes him more fun. Yeah. Like, love him or hate him, like he's a... He's like a wrestling heel, and wrestling heels are fun to watch. So, yeah, he's my number three seed. You know, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. I, every single thing that you said about him, like reasons not to like him, are re- part of the reason I do like him. Like the, the Papelbon thing, that made me like him more. Oh, I was fully on Team Harper. <laughs> with <laughs> not have been more on Team Harper. I mean, hits bombs, plays awesome. Look, the hair thing is hilarious. I don't care how many times I see it, where he like knocks off his helmet and does the little hair shake thing. That's that's awesome. I he sweeps his hair back like he's being sh- filmed in slow motion in an episode of Baywatch. It's so awesome! It is. It's like the uh, like the um, the prince in in Shrek. You know, just doing that whole thing with the hair. It's awesome. It's so awesome. I I love it. I love it. And I think baseball misses it. Baseball needs. Guys like that. I mean, that's Agreed. these other guys that we have. They're super. They're they're fu- so much fun to watch. This guy is he's on and off the field, just a force, and and I love it. So that's a great pick. All right, with my fourth scene, I'm going to go with Francisco Lindor. I don't uh, don't uh, need to really describe me. <laughs> Lindor just his name. I think Lindor in like not in Spanish, but like in Portuguese is like fun. I think that's what it needs. I think it's it's fun. Uh, he's so he's so fun. I mean, just smiling. I, I he is the guy. He is in, in of everybody in baseball, including I mean, like Altuve's kind of similar in this way. But if I'm like in a bad mood, I can just turn on a, a, a Cleveland game and see Francisco Lindor, and I'm instantly better. It's like he heals people with how much fun he's having playing the game. <laughs> The Mr. Smile thing, it's like so corny and it's so true. I mean, he's just, he's happy. And, man, what a player. I mean, defensively, I went to a Yankee game, uh, sadly, uh, with some friends. I went to a Yankee game last week and uh, they were playing Cleveland and Lindor made four diving stops in the in the game. Four. And he only, he only converted like one or two of them. Maybe the other ones, he the, the throw was late. But doesn't matter. Four balls that absolutely, like, oh, that's through. And he made this diving stop. And I just, just, wow. Just you think, just, this makes me so happy to watch this guy play baseball. And it makes him so happy to watch, to play baseball. I just, perfect combination. Francisco Lindor, my four seed. Do you think, uh, is a great pick. Love that guy. He's the best. Love him, love him, love him. Do you think, though, that the Indians are the most fun team overall? Because like, you don't have don't don't answer now. Don't answer yeah. now. Well, at the end, maybe we'll make a, a, a decision. But Lindor, Ramirez, Encarnacion, yeah. Santana, 
even Almonte, who's like this big friendly teddy bear now, <laughs> plays in left field. And Andrew Miller, Carrasco, even Kluber's fun. Angry way is fun. Yeah, I think there's I it's, nominations for most fun team. I would say Indians, Astros. Um, I would maybe put the Dodgers in there. They're less yeah. fun, but they but they're 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 you, in the mix who, definitely. You know, you know who's getting there. You know who's getting there. Who the twins. I was about to say that. Yes, the Twins are really fun. Sano is fun. Buxton is fun. Yeah, all right. I'm, I'm jumping the gun. I'm jumping the gun. Here we go. All right, I'm going to make a, another crazy pick that's way too high, but I don't care because this is our podcast and no one's listening anyway. I'm going Billy Hamilton. So Billy Hamilton uh, has does one thing. He does exactly one thing. He runs really fast. That's it. That's all he does. He can't hit. He's an okay fielder. He doesn't have a great arm. He just runs really fast. And because he runs so fast... There are thousands and thousands of fun moments of him in baseball. There are inside the park home runs. There are triples. There's him legging out routine grounders to second base. There's him bunting and somehow making it to third before anybody picks up the ball. There's him hitting a pop fly and crossing the plate before the ball settles into the guy's glove. He is cool Papa Bell in 2017. It is a miracle to watch him run. Uh, and and there he's there's something wonderful about how just because he's so fast, he can hang on. He's not a great player. He's really not a great player. But he's so fast that people are like, well, he's gotta, we got to put him in the game. He's so fast. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I, uh, I, it's, you can count on once a week, if you frequent MLB's highlights page, seeing Billy Hamilton do something with his legs that you've never seen anyone do before. Yeah. He's super fun. He is my, he's my next pick. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. Look, I, he will make plays in the outfield that are just just insane. I mean, where he'll outrun the ball and, and you just go, that's just that's insane. Uh, and I'm going to follow that up right away because, I mean, we're talking fun. So I'm going to I'm going to follow that right up with a guy who is it's going to be a good argument who's faster. Uh, but I'm going to take uh, Byron Buxton with my uh, with my five seed. Uh Buxton is look. Buxton's going to be a better player, I think, than Billy Hamilton. I mean, you know, he's 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 now coming around with the bat. Took a little while for that to happen. Uh, defensively, he's he's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. I mean, he makes, you know, he's he's taller uh, than than Hamilton, so he'll make plays where he'll leap up and 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 get to balls that maybe even Hamilton couldn't get to. He can fly. I mean, he really is. I mean, with the the Statcast people uh, have have done this all year where they've measured speed and those are the two fastest guys in baseball by quite a bit um he hits with some power i think that twins team has now suddenly become really really fun and i think buxton's right at the heart of it i mean he's i i i'm so excited i mean there there are so many players around the game young players uh that i'm excited to watch but i'm so excited this guy he reminds me a little bit of like eric davis like he has that kind of ability where he could steal 70 bases and hit 30 home runs and what a fun what a fun player. Byron Buxton. Love him. Amazing player. Same he's better than Hamilton. Definitely better than Hamilton. Um I'm gonna do quick game, quick pause in this because this uh, podcast isn't long enough yet. I'm gonna name uh, so the twins um by the way, I believe before the year, uh, I, I don't know if we did this in our preview, but I believe we I maybe quoted the twins as like a team to watch that I thought were gonna be better than other people thought. If I didn't I say that I, I thought I thought it. <laughs> I should get credit for thinking it, but I'm going to name. Uh, okay, so the Twins beat the Rays tonight. Uh, the Twins beat the Rays uh, ten to six. Uh, there are six pitchers for the there are seven pitchers for the Twins 
pitch to this game. I'm going to name them. You tell me which one is not a real person. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm just going to do I'm last ready. names only. All right, okay. ready? Here we go. Sleegers, Boschers, Presley, Zastin, Rogers, Hildenberger, Belial. None of them are real. None of, <laughs> none of those names are real. <laughs> you just invented an entire pitching staff. One right? of those isn't. Uh, the first person uh, to hear this and na- and send us an email with the, the one who was fake, you win uh, some kind of prize that you won't really win because we don't give prizes. Okay. Uh, but the the point of this is the twins. The twins. No one knows who the twins are, and the twins are actually pretty good. Um, all right. Here's my here's my. I get the best ever five seed. It's Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon is not only the most fun player in baseball. He's the most fun athlete in any sport. I will not hear an argument about this. You might ask why did not choose him as the one seed. It's unclear because this is my opinion. He's the most fun. I mean, no one. Who saw this coming? That's one question I have for you. Who saw this coming? Bartolo Colon, until 2005, was just an excellent pitcher. He won the Cy Young Award. He was 21-8 and that year. He didn't deserve it, but he won it. Uh, But that's all he was. He was a great pitcher. He threw really hard, and and he was very good. He had won 20 games. He'd won 18 games twice. He was just a great pitcher. And then he, like, got hurt, and he... You know, one of the things that held him back for a while is that he's the he's a perfect cube. He's exactly as tall as he is wide, and it's hard to pitch when you're a perfect cube. Uh, he's uh, he's six feet tall and six feet wide, and <laughs> uh, and he floated around and he was hurt a lot and he only made ten starts and then he made seven starts with Boston and was a comp- washed out and his ERA was a disaster and it was like oh well Bartolo Colon is a perfect cube it's hard to be a pitcher and then suddenly he was like oh, wait a second he had a kind of a weird bounce back year with the Yankees he was out of base he was completely out of baseball. Uh, when he was 37. He did not play when he was 37. And then when he was 38, he was with the Yankees, and he kind of pitched okay. And I remember complaining about it a lot, of like, how was 38-year-old perfect cube Bartolo Colon uh, <laughs> pitching this well for the Yankees? It was driving me crazy. Uh, but he, like, you know, it was like, oh, hey, you know, won eight games, and he had a ERA of four and whatever. Then he went to Oakland, and it was like, well, okay, he's clearly going to just wash out. But then he, like, pitched better for Oakland. <laughs> And then he pitched better the next year. When he was 40, he was 18 and 6 with a 265 ERA. He was a legitimate Cy Young candidate. He was an all star. He was sixth in the Cy Young voting. He had three shutouts. And then he went to the Mets, and you were like, well, this can't continue. And then he's pitched. He won 34 games. Or what am I saying? 44 games in three years with the Mets between ages 41 and 43. He also hit a home run. He hit a home run as a hitter with the Mets. He has become this weird baseball-wide mascot where everyone in the game loves him. When he hit a home run, the call of that home run is one of the funniest things of all time. Because it's, it's literally like the call that like Kirk Gibson got or that, or that Ozzie Smith got in the World Series. It's the call of that home run is the impossible has happened. It's literally that. And I, it is so amazing to me. He is now 44 years old. He's pitching with the Twins. He has an outside chance of being on a playoff team this year. I want nothing more in the world than for Bartolo Colon to get a postseason start. It would be so wonderful. I just, what a career. What an amazing guy. What a fun guy. What a great story that continues against all odds to just ramble on. I, I, it is, it's inexplicable. It is inexplicable that this happened. You know, by the way, you said that, you know, he missed his 37 year because of injury. That was 2010. (laughs) So long ago. How long ago that is. (laughs) 2010, he was doing that. So, yeah, I mean, 
and he's just look he's he's funny he is funny i mean he's just he's he's huge and and he throws in this funny way and he's ancient and yeah i mean he's he's like satchel page or something i mean it's just weird that you know a guy who was a good pitcher very good pitcher at, at times uh cy young ward winner uh would have this second half of, of his career i mean it's you know you can't explain it but i mean he's he is fun i i can't argue with that with that pick um however i have to say uh, and this is where we go. We we just talked about this. This is about fun. This is not about greatness. Because there's no question that if anybody's listening still to this thing, they're saying, where the heck is Mike Trout? How have you guys not picked Mike? You just picked Bartolo Colon over Mike Trout. Uh, but that's the idea. The idea is fun. I am going to pick Mike Trout with my uh, for my sixth seed. Look, Mike Trout is He's the best player in the game. He's the best player in the game. He's been the best player in the game, more or less, since the day he showed up. Uh, he does everything. He's he's incredible. Uh, I, I have nothing but admiration for the guy. Um, I think he's got a little bit of an uphill climb in this bracket. I, I think for fun, I don't know that people see, even even like I mean, look, he does fun things. He makes home runs, saving catches, and he steals bases and and hits home runs. You know, good long home runs and all that, but. There's something more like almost, it's almost workmanlike than fun. You know, it's like, it, it, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe the best player in the game, you know, idea is is sort of takes away from, from the fun. I don't know. Uh, I'll be interested to see how the voting goes. I mean, I, I'll be very, very interested to see. But as a seed, I'm putting him as a sixth seed. Uh, yeah, I mean, he has to be in this because... His he's so great that he's fun to watch, right? right. It's like that's right. the the funness for him comes from how great he is. It doesn't come particularly from like being like Javi Baez or playing with like all this crazy flair or something the way that like some of these other guys do, or even like Giancarlo or or Hamilton. Like he doesn't. He's just like a. He's just like his excellence is so all encompassing that he's fun to watch. But he's not as fun as some of these other guys. He just isn't like it. Just, that's just the deal. I don't think he's as fun as Bryce Harper to watch. Like Bryce Harper is more fun because Bryce Harper has more like personality that jumps out of his body onto the field. But that being said, he's the best player in baseball. Like he just is. There's no. It's hard to say otherwise. Like if you were, I mean, he's still he's still twenty six. I mean, I he he I and know. Aaron Judge, who's in his first year in the game, are basically the same age. Same age. And and Trout has been Trout is like two years deep into his second major contract. <laughs> you know, it like I mean, it's it's so crazy to think about how long he has been here. And it's such, by the way, side note, a travesty that he got hurt this year because he was having oh. his best year, still is having his best year, and we missed like thirty five games of I prime know. Mike Trout and the numbers that he would have put up this year. I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? Because he'll just put them up next year. He'll put them. He'll put up better numbers next year. <laughs> but it's. I. It really is a bummer that he got hurt because because uh, he's just so good. It's just a. We're. He's going to be the guy ultimately that like we're telling our grandkids like, yeah, I saw Mike Trout play. Like he's he's Mickey Mantle. He's whoever. He's Ted Williams. He's that guy. Um, so yeah, fun for that reason. In my bracket, he is going to play Aaron Judge in the first round. So yeah, and he's going to lose. I think he's going to lose. I think he's going. That's really a good. It's a very good six-three matchup, but I think I think he's doomed. All right, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. I, I'm going to choose Manny Machado as my six seed. 
I love Manny Machado. Manny Machado showed up, uh, and I I did not track him as a prospect. He was a very highly touted prospect, I now know, but I wasn't tracking him at all. And there was a series that when he showed up again in his rookie year, he played the, they played the Red Sox, and suddenly this guy was just like ripping doubles all over the field and making diving stops and like had a gun for an arm. And I was like, how is this, who is this person? And he, he is so, he had a walk off to run home run off Dylan Batanzas last night. Like there is nothing he can't do. He is mini Mike Trout in many ways. He plays a less like obvious position uh, to be considered the, the best all around player in baseball. But if you watch the way that he fields third base yeah, and watch the way he hits and watch the way he runs and watch the, like, look at his frame. He's a massive guy. He makes the best and most insanely absurd, no way this could ever happen, like chopper down the third baseline, <laughs> grab the backhand the ball, throw in foul territory across his body. No, he's the best at that. Except there's yeah. one other guy in this, in this bracket who's, who's going to be nominated who does that too. But Machado, I find Machado just, like, deliriously fun to watch. Like, I, I can't get enough of that guy. And he had a rough first half of the year, and I, it was a genuine bummer. <laughs> that was another genuine bummer because you want that guy to be uh, clicking on all cylinders. And now he is, and when he is, he's a one-man wrecking crew. 1-0 delivery, set up away, ball in the air, left center field, going back, back, and goodbye, home run! The have done it a last at bat last swing Manny Machado a two RBI homer and the Orioles win it he's fantastic he's fantastic and that sets up a a wonderful 6-3 in your bracket between Manny Machado and Bryce Harper so that's right yeah uh, it's gonna be that's a tough call man who's more fun to watch I don't know that's really really close that is really really close um Machado might have been underseeded here. I mean, that's yeah. You know, that's I think he might have a beef. With He's the a sleeper. He's a sleeper as a six seed. Yeah. <laughs> He's terrific. Terrific. All right, my seven seed. Uh, I'm going to jump around as well um, because there is a guy I want to take. You, you you sort of hinted already. It's a guy I want to take, but I, I don't want Bartolo to be the only pitcher out there. That doesn't seem right to me. Uh, I think Chris Sale is pretty fun. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Chris Sale. Um, He's, he's, you know, it's become such a cliche that nobody even, it doesn't mean anything anymore to say that a guy throws like wiffle balls, right? But, but think about what that really is. You've, we've all played wiffle ball and the way the ball moves, you know, it's funny. And, you know, if, if, if you're, if you ever get into a really fun wiffle ball game, there'll be one pitch that like will catch the wind just so and, and move like 50 feet to the left, just out of an, and that's every pitch for him, every slider. I don't know how anybody ever hits him. I don't understand it. There's like, he's fun in like this very sort of grumpy, mean way. I mean, he just feels like, like he might, you know, just come out there and just explode on you. Uh, the whole uniform cutting thing was very fun as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so I thought that was great. Um, and, and he's going to strike out 300 guys this year. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. You know, nobody does that anymore because, you know, they don't get enough innings to do it. Uh, he's nuts. He's I he's much watch. If, I, if I'm if i flipping through and I'm going, hey, uh, who, what are the pitching matchups tonight? And I see Chris Sale, I'm, I'm watching. So I think Chris Sale's fun. He has a key component of fun funness, uh, which is that he's a little insane. 
yeah, that's right? Right. It's like, no, that's right. Yeah, he's like a little crazy, and he's a little he's a, like he's a little bit of a psycho who like cut up a jersey and like there's a little like, there's some like whispers about like him being a little bit of a psychopath, which is great. And it should be noted the mo- the thing that's the most fun about him is that slider thrown from that insane impossible angle. Multiple times people have swung and missed, and the ball has hit them on the foot. Right-handed hitters, they have multiple. That has happened multiple times in his career that a guy swung and missed at a pitch and the pitch hit him. That's yeah. crazy. crazy. No one else no one else has that weapon. It's the Andrew Miller is close. Andrew Miller has that same crazy sweeping left-handed yes. slider. Another fun thing about Sale is that he's 6-11 and weighs 110 pounds. Like he, he doesn't he doesn't look like he should be able to withstand like a strong breeze. Uh, which is that's like another weird fun aspect of him. I'm going to keep I'm going to do the same thing you did. I'm going to jump around and take another pitcher. And I'm going to pick Max Scherzer for most of the reasons that you picked Chris Sale. Yeah. Max Scherzer's a little insane, too. It's Max true. Scherzer, there's that video that got around of him where he's uh, standing on the rubber, staring in at his catcher, and he holds the glove up in front of his face, and the camera got an angle on him where you could see what was happening. And he was, like, chanting, like, he was basically cursing at the batter. Uh, he, he, it's, like, clearly some kind of thing that, like, where he, this is how he gets himself psyched up. He was like his teeth were clenched and he was basically cursing at the hitter and saying a lot of uh, unrepeatable words that we can't say. It's hilarious. It's yeah. so, funny so funny that it's like this is what he does. He just we suddenly we found out after all these years, this is how Max Scherzer sucks himself up to throw a pitch is he curses under his breath at the hitter. It's wonderful. I recommend everybody watch it. It's not totally safe for work, but I recommend you watch it. The other thing that makes Max Scherzer so fun to me is, and it's sort of like Chris Sale, although in this case, Scherzer's actually proven this. Every single time he goes out to pitch, he could throw a no-hitter. Literally every time. There was that run of games where like three games in a row he took a no-hitter into the eighth inning or something. I mean, it literally feels like every time... He pitches, he takes a no-hitter into the sixth. There is some. There was for a while some crazy stat where it was like 15% of his starts for the Nationals he had taken into the sixth inning with a no-hitter. I mean, it's, it's crazy. No one else has that at all in the league. No one has that, really, uh, ever that I can think of. So, yeah, he's uh, in, the, in the name of defending the, the pitcher as a fun position, I'll take Scherzer seventh. It's a great pick. It's a great pick, and and for for all those reasons you said, I, the thing that's that's with him is he doesn't give up any hits except home runs. It's the weirdest thing. It's like the only way you can hit him is if you hit a home run, which which I mean is weird. He, like he'll go and he'll he'll have like three hit games. You know he'll 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 throw a three hitter and two of them will be home runs, or he'll you know throw a one hitter but it'll be a home run and. Uh, it's weird. It's weird, and it makes me wonder what what's going on. It's like is like the gap, like the the like you either miss his pitches or you hit them squarely on the. I, I don't know what it is about like maybe him just missing because if he's on, you just don't hit him. You just don't hit him. And I gotta say, with him, it's a little bit different than Sale. Do you remember there was kind of a period of time where it was like eh, I'm not sure this Max Scherzer thing is going to work out for the Tigers. Yeah, people questioned the contract when yeah, he signed the contract. Yeah. He was like, ah, I don't know, that's a little risky. That's yeah. a little risky, and, and man, he's way better than even he was when he won the Cy Young for the Tigers. I mean, he's he's terrific. He's terrific. All right, my uh, eighth and final uh, pick um, is Nolan Arenado. I was glad that you uh, passed on him. I know you love him, too. Um, 
there's there's almost nothing not to like about Nolan Arenado. He's he's totally underseeded as an eight. Um, he's led the league in home runs and RBIs each of the last two years, and nobody knows it. Nobody <laughs> can win a bar it's bet so anywhere crazy. in the country. Anywhere in the country except maybe Colorado, where they might guess Charlie Blackman or something. Um, the guy's led the league in home runs and RBIs, and that's not why he's fun. I mean, that's, that's like just like a little bonus. The fun is the defense. I mean, he is... You talk about Machado, and I, I don't know who's better because they're both amazing. But it feels to me like like play for play, I can't remember a guy making as many incredible plays as Nolan Arenado. I, it's there there was a there was a stretch of time this year, but I, I remember it last year too. Where at, like every night, every single night, he would do something. He he would make a diving stop. The ball would roll away from him. He'd grab it with his hand and somehow flip over and throw the guy out. I mean, he does this constantly. I mean, he's a magician at third and and uh, and and all these power numbers. And nobody cares. Nobody knows him. Everybody thinks it's Coors Field or whatever. This guy is so fun to watch. I mean, that Rockies team is actually fun to watch. And. Uh, uh, I think he gives he, – he won't beat Stanton uh, as an 8-1, I don't think. But, I mean, I think the, the I think a few Nolan Arenado fans will come out of the woodwork for that vote. Yeah, he's doomed to lose, sadly. But, uh, but he is – God, he's so fun to watch. He's, so he's just so fun. He, he, he's very similar to Machado because they're monsters at the plate, and then they get into the field, and you're like, wait, you can do that too? It's like a <laughs> – it's like in the Matrix when they they showed you bullet time. They showed you like you know the dodging and the of the yes, bullets yes. and everything. You were like, whoa, whatever that movie is, I'm seeing that. And then you got to the movie, and then also there was kung fu, and they hadn't shown you any kung fu scenes at all in the in the trailers. And it was like, oh my god, this has kung fu too. Like that's what that's what Arenado and Machado are. Like you see them at the plate, and you're like, wow, these guys are amazing. They hit 35 home runs. They're these beasts at the plate. You know, they rip doubles all over the field, and then they get into the field and they make the craziest defensive plays you've ever seen. It's like not fair. It's not at all fair. Um, he definitely he's going to lose to Stanton, but he deserves to be on the list. My final pick is also going to lose, but he deserves to be on the list, uh, and that's Mookie Betts. Uh, he's had a down year um, based on his uh, you know his year last year where he was the the second best player in the league uh, after Trout. He was a nine and a half win player last year, and he's down in the fives, or he'll end up at six probably, or so, somewhere around there. That's still amazing. A lot of that though is his defense because his offense is way down this year, but his defense is still incredible. He makes he make, routinely makes crazy catches in that very difficult right field. He is so fun to watch. I, he's the he is the player I want my son to model his game after because yeah. like my son is also a little bit undersized in the same way that Betts is a little bit undersized. So he's like a hero to me and to my son. He's so wonderful. He's like he just he just looks like he's enjoying himself all the time. Uh, he also like Altuve, like some of these other guys. When he he hits the ball harder than anyone his size ought to be able yeah, to hit the ball. Do, it, that's right. It really is. It's fascinating how hard he hits the ball, uh, and he's just every. He does everything well. He runs well. He steals bases. He's an incredible fielder. He, he he's a he's a great base runner. He's like a wonderful hitter. He's a power hitter. He's a gap hitter. He, everything. So yeah, he he's not gonna he's not gonna beat Jose Altuve probably unless uh, the Red Sox fans come out in force for this vote. But uh, but he definitely deserves to be on the list. So he's my eighth pick. I love it, and I love him being matched up against Altuve. I mean, they're so similar in in in, in so many ways. 
Uh, they do so many things. Yeah, bet, Mookie's down this year, no question. Offensively, he's he's down. I mean, it's uh, been weird, kind of a quirky, weird year because you break down his numbers, and I mean, you know, he's not hitting for power, but I mean, his average is way down, and I'm not entirely sure why he's not striking out more. The weirdest you know. thing, the honestly, the weirdest thing about him is if you look at his numbers with runners in scoring position or even runners on base versus bases empty, he basically cannot get a hit with the bases empty. When there are runners on, he, especially in scoring position, he's hitting very well. But bases empty, he's like a 180 hitter. It's the weirdest yeah. thing. I do, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of a fluke, and it'll probably he'll probably have a bounce back year next year. But it doesn't even matter because he's still, based on his defense and based on his uh, even a suppressed offensive year, he's still we know a top 10 player in the league. Oh, in yeah, terms absolutely. Of, uh, and his base running is insane. I mean, he's still he's, – he's another guy that just that beats you in a lot of ways on the bases. So – I love it. I think it's. I think these are these are sixteen. We left some guys off the list. We should probably give mench quick mention to. Um, I know both of us really wanted Justin Turner on this list, and he didn't quite yep. get there. I know he was. He was. He would have been the next pick for me. I would say he's yeah. he the the he's a great player. His beard is great. He is a redhead. That's fun. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of they just there's a lot of fun things about the Dodgers, and he's the most fun. I would say right now. Yeah, I think he's fun. Uh, you brought up Noah Syndergaard, who I think is a is a, a very interesting choice. He has fun, sort of in that weird like I'm going to throw the ball through your head sort of way, right? I mean, yeah, he, he well, he looks like harder. a he he looks like a 1970s male model, and then he throws 100 miles an hour. It's very weird and that disconcerting. Is fun. That is, but it's fun. pretty fun. Yeah, that is fun. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion, you mentioned him. Look, I I really considered he's he's just it's just not there for him anymore. But two years ago, I thought Jose Batista was fun. I really yeah. did. I mean, you know, he was. He was the bad flip year. The bad flip year was. Uh, he was so much fun. He was so wonderfully fun. fun. Not a lot of people felt that way, though. There were there were a lot of anger. If this were two, if we had done this two years ago, we should have had a one slot where we nominated um, Batista and Rugnan Odor as like a as like a pair. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did make the game fun. They did yeah. make the game fun. So, all right. So we're going to, you, uh, you can go to MLB.com uh, and we are going to uh, put these up and uh, you'll be able to vote. I think we'll probably do it as a Twitter vote. Um, so you'll be able to vote uh, your for your funnest player and follow this thing all the way through. It's going to be, it's great. I, I love these. These 16. This is I, fun. This exercise them. was fun. I would also, th- three more honorable mentions who we wish we could have made put into the tournament uh, Andrelton Simmons, who who oh, secretly man. is like the second or third best player in the American League this year, and you know what? Talk about no one knows about him. I mean, wow. goodness gracious! Uh, Kevin Pillar routinely makes catches in center field that no one else has ever made in the history of the game. <laughs> I don't understand. I you cannot hit the ball from from alley to alley. You when you play that team, you no. can't hit it anywhere near him. He will catch everything. It's so infuriating. Uh, and then finally, Charlie Blackman, who again plays on a team that no one cares about. The Rockies, uh, but is a, is a very fun player, skill set, and also like Justin Turner, giant beard. He would lose to Turner in the in that <laughs> regard, though, because Turner's beard is red, which is it's more fun. It's a way better but, beard. It's a way it's a better, better beard. beard. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'm going to give two more uh, from my end. One is Jose Ramirez. You mentioned him. Uh, Jose Ramirez is having an incredible year and is uh, like a fringy MVP candidate. 
and and nobody knows him. Nobody knows who he is. But he's that's right. He's another little guy who does everything. Hits with some power. I mean, was a total non-prospect, uh, and he's amazing. I mean, he's an amazing, he's amazing defensively. He runs. He this year he's got he leads the league in in uh, total bases this year so far. So I'm telling uh, you, that's that's the most fun team. That think, is the Indians are the most right. fun team in baseball. And then I'm going to give you a weird one uh, because it's it's right in your alley, and I'll, I'll see what you think. Uh, I'm going to put Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, on my side. Oh, I love I it. Because that arm, just because of the arm, nothing else. I mean, look, he's fun to watch, and you know, he's a great outfielder. He, he, he hits, but just I just want people to hit fly balls to him so I can see him on the cork, that arm. The most exciting play in baseball right now? is a runner on third tagging up yes. on a fly ball to center at Fenway. Yes. It's the most exciting. It every It's happened like six times in the last month, and it is so exciting. I've never felt excitement the way that I, uh, on a defensive play, I don't like a routine play than, that I have when, yeah. And it, it's it's so wonderful, and it is uh, it is shocking. When you see him make those throws, uh, it's it's truly shocking. And by the way, he also routinely like robs home runs and oh, like yeah, goes no, no. up against. He's a great all. He does all that stuff. Really but it, yeah. you're right. The arm. He the arm is the thing with him. The yeah. He 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 famously. I think we've talked about this. Threw a ball from the on deck circle at Fenway into the center field bleachers, which is like 420 feet away. Yeah, he's he's ridiculous. He's the he's best defensive really outfielder that team has ever had, I think. He's really, really fun. All right, uh, last question along these lines, and then we got to go on to a one last meaningless thing. Um, is Yassel Puig fun? Oh, I think he's so fun. He was on my he was on my original him. list. Yeah. yeah, he was on my original list. I don't think there's maybe an argument right now with the. I mean, if the, again, if this is a couple of years ago, I think he's like a three seed on this right, list. Right. He's not quite as fun now, partly because it's like the shtick is old and we're all used to him and stuff. But, oh, my God. I mean, watching him play live, which I've now gotten to do a number of times because my jerk son betrayed me and became a <laughs> Dodger fan. Uh, watching him play live is insane. He's like a horse. He's not a man. He's like a gigantic, galloping, thundering horse of a person. And he talk about arm. By the way, I mean he he challenges oh Bradley. Gosh, his yeah. his arm from right field is is shocking when you see it live. He's yeah he's completely fun. I don't think you say right this year right now he's more fun than these guys, but he's super fun. Yeah, I, I think he's fun. He'll do things that just uh, blow your mind. But then he'll then somebody will hit a base hit up the middle and he'll just hold on to the ball like it's the end of. Uh, of, uh, that, you know, that movie but that's the, fun that's part of what's fun about him is that like he's just such a crazy wild card you just don't know what's gonna happen that's a very fun aspect of his game all right tj's begging for us to end this thing already so uh hey man I, look you know you knew what you were getting into yeah yeah you, we're, we're, we gotta keep him hostage for another hour just oh he wrote that. he just he texted us and said let's wrap it up in the next five to ten minutes he probably wrote that half an hour ago right at least maybe an hour ago actually i think he wrote that right at the start actually um, oh wait he's typing now wait let's we're gonna do this in real time he's typing something to us now you know it's gonna be good it's gonna, I'm gonna, gonna be good. well i'm gonna read it live live on the this podcast you guys are essentially on time there's no way that's true oh, that is definitely not true i mean that was tj that was super disappointing what i wanted was you're both fired <laughs> can he fire us 
Yes, I think he can. I don't know. I think he can. <laughs> I don't think he can't. He's saying he can't. I don't technically work for MLB, so. No, well, I don't really, I don't even know that this podcast I work for anybody, do I? I, I thought I started this thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible. To go. No hot fruit for Michael, nor Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast woe. It's one last woe. Meaningless thing. All right, time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing, and I'm going to break the rules on this. Um, because my thing is going to be not not entirely meaningless. I'm sorry. I, I feel like we've already done so much meaninglessness. Um, I'm just going to say this. I, I People go see uh, the movie The Big Sick. Uh, I went and saw that this past weekend uh, with my family, with my daughter, my, my wife. My other daughter was uh, gone. Um, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I can't believe it took me this long to see it. It's obviously been out for a very long time now, and, and, and I'm not telling people anything uh, new, but uh, I it's been a long time. I, I I tweeted after I came out that it was it was I had the same feeling uh, coming out of that in some ways that I did coming out of Hamilton, which was just this Whoa. feeling of just joy and 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 wonder and uh, it was it was it's very very funny and it's very touching and charming. Uh, and it's a complete, maybe, maybe I'm completely overplaying it and you'll go in with high expectations and not feel the way I did, but, uh, surprising, just very, very surprising. I loved it. I just loved it. Uh, and I want to, uh, tell everybody I can, uh, go see the big sick. Don't, don't let the name, uh, keep you from seeing it. Cause it's not a good <laughs> name. It's not, it's not a good name for a movie. Um, but it's a great movie. Have you seen it? Have you seen the video? Yes, it's it's wonderful. Kumail Nanjani, who, who uh, wrote it and uh, stars in it, it's sort of the story of his real life. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful movie. It's a it will make you so happy. So he's happy. wonderful in it. Ray Romano is wonder. Everybody's great. All the actors are great. Every the writing is one. It's funny. It's great. It's charming. It's huge, huge, hugely recommended. Yeah, hugely recommended. Um, uh, my one last meeting, this thing is very weird, uh, and I apologize, but I, uh, so I, I collect books. That's my hobby. I collect first edition books. Yes. And, um, so, uh, and you know this because I, very soon after we met, I asked you for, uh, uh signed copies of your books. That's right. Right. And I, I, they're on, they're right there on my shelf. They're right in the, in the, I have this one giant kind of bookshelf where I keep all my books and I'm very particular about them. Uh, it drives my wife a little crazy because I don't let light on them. They have you have to keep them in the dark. You can't have sunlight go on them because it fades the That's dust true. jacket. That is true. All this stuff, right? So, um, so the best uh, version of a book you can get really is a first edition. There's also you know like pre first editions that are called review copies or right. something that are even more rare. But generally speaking, if you're a book collector, you want a first edition, first printing of a book. And and the only thing that's better than that is a signed first edition. Yes. So you get a, you you buy a book. You know, let's say you buy a copy of um, uh, any book, uh, uh, the Lolita. You buy Lolita by Nabokov, and you get a first edition. And and the only thing better than that would be a, a, a signed first edition that Nabokov signed. And the, and the which is very rare. Cover. Which is very rare. It's, it's even more rare. It's even more expensive. Right. Yes. That's right. So so the, and and between a an unsigned 
first edition and a signed first edition, sort of the next best thing after a signed first edition is is an inscribed first edition in which the author wrote like to Greg, you know, on the occasion of your, uh, you know, thank you for everything or whatever, or like, you know, best of luck in the new year, whatever, you know, signed to Vladimir Nabokov. <laughs> and, um, and so that, because obviously you're still getting the author's signature, uh, and, which is better than not having the author's signature. But I have this thing where <laughs> I, ca- I can't buy, ever buy an inscribed book. <laughs> It doesn't matter. And this is if the book is $25 or $100 or, or something very rare and very expensive, it doesn't matter. I don't want it because when I get it, I look at it and it's like, well, this isn't my book. This is Greg's book. <laughs> I wasn't there. I'm not the person that this was intended for. If if the person just signed, if the author just signed it, it's just a sort of like stamp of like, wow, this author held this author that I love held this book in his or her hands and wrote his or her name into the book and now I own it and you can like it feels like a connection between you and the and the author but if it says to Greg you know ha, uh, congratulations on the occasion of your uh, daughter's christening or whatever then you're like well that's not me I'm not Greg I don't have a my daughter wasn't christened that day in 1986 or whatever and I can't do it and there are there are times when like I'm really searching for a book that it will complete some part of my collection and I really want a signed copy of it. And the only one I can find at various booksellers is an inscribed copy. And I just can't bring myself to do it. You won't buy it. You will not no. buy it. No, even if I really, really, really want it, I still, I just can't do it. I can't. And I've, I, I only came to this conclusion by doing it a couple times. And then, being, and then when I looked at the book, when I would take it off my shelf and look at it, because that's part of being a book collector. It's not like being a... Uh, you know, an art collector or something like right. the books are tactile. They're meant to be held and you, you hold them in your hands and you read pages of them and you like, you know, show them to people and you get to the, you get to sort of interact with them in that way. Uh, and I, when I did that with books that were inscribed, it just felt like, nah, this isn't mine. It's Greg's. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you feel the same way if books are inscribed to you? No, of course not. No, like you inscribe very nicely, inscribe those books to me, and that's wonderful. If they're to me, that's now the connection between me and the author is is complete. I have a number of inscribed books to me where I've like gone to you know book signings or I've uh, you know I, I've known the authors, people, friends of mine have written books and they've inscribed them to me. That that's great. I, I'm saying like you know you buy like a, no, a book right. of no, right. yeah where there was intended where someone else did that and now that book came up for sale and you're buying it I can't do it. Well, I bring it I bring it up because sometimes uh, you know obviously I, I I've signed many many books uh, through the years and and there are people that will come up to me and they'll say oh can you sign this and I'll and I'll say uh, to who do you want me to make this out to because it, it's almost always they do and they'll say sure. no I just want you to sign it and date right. It. And I'm yes. like, and I'm like, I understand that, um, but you're not going to make any money selling this book. So that's, <laughs> that's a huge mistake on your part. Well, look, it's 95% likely that they're doing that because they want to sell it on eBay, but it's 5% likely or maybe 1% likely that they are like me. And they just, even though they, maybe they want to give it to a friend, right? Maybe they yeah, want to like, that's true. That's maybe, true. or maybe, or, or I don't know, maybe they want their child someday to have it. And it doesn't say to Bill, it says just your name. I don't know. Most likely though, they're just trying to make money. I think they're trying to make money and I think it's a huge mistake on their part, but, uh, <laughs> okay. Let me, let me ask you, and I'm not, and this is, this is the last thing. What is your, the favorite, not, not mine, not included the favorite, your favorite book in your collection? Uh, it's hard to answer that. There's there's really two answers. Uh, I love deeply love the book, The Mayor of Casterbridge. 
by Thomas Hardy. It's one of my favorite novels. The character of Ben Wyatt on Parks and Recreation was based in part on the, on the main character of that book. Um, and I, I, uh, when the, when that show ended, I uh, sort of, as a present to myself, I bought an actual true first edition of that book wow. in its original binding, which is like a very rare thing. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. And I, it makes me like cry with happiness when I hold it, <laughs> but truly the best, the, my favorite, like if I'm running, if there's a fire in my house and I got to get out and I can only save one book. I met David Foster Wallace, who's probably my favorite writer. I met him when I was in college and he, uh, inscribed a first edition copy of uh, Infinite Jest, which had just come out at the time. It was a new book. And he inscribed it and wrote a sort of long message to me uh, in it. And so that that would be the one that yeah, I would probably that's awesome. save. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, that's a perfect way to end this thing. But before we end, uh, when, <laughs> no, no, I want to just ask, this is this is literally on the way out the door. Uh, when, when does The Good Place start up again? Oh, uh, yeah, Good Place Season 2, the show I uh, uh, created and am working on, uh, the hour-long premiere is September 20th, okay. uh, uh, 10 o'clock on NBC after the America's Got Talent uh, uh, finale show, wow. which is very exciting. Um, and then it moves to its regular time the following week, which is Thursday night at 8.30. But September 20th, there's an hour-long uh, premiere of the first two episodes back-to-back. I, again, if you're interested in watching the show, I would highly recommend two things. Number one... Don't Google it because there, there are a lot of twists in the plot that you will accidentally learn that will spoil it for you. And the second thing is uh, I would definitely watch the first season watch before it. you try to watch the second season. The first season is now uh, on Netflix. So if you have a Netflix uh, account, you can do that. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. I mean, I, I recommend, highly recommend it, but I wanted to get that in. We should, we should really do a lot better job of promoting new stuff. <laughs> Really? We really should, yeah. Show. We just gave them an hour and 40 minutes of nothing. Let's promote the show, at least. Why not? So, yeah, September 20th, uh, right after America's Got Talent. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, Michael, as always, thank you. Thanks for having me.